I'm Julia Sherbakov, and this is Impact Journey. Conversations with hidden heroes making big societal change. Sometimes it makes you feel small. The problem is so big, but if we don't do anything, then nothing is going to happen. We work every day to make the movement bigger, to make more awareness, to make more change, behavioral change regarding single use plastic. Today, I'm happy to welcome Virginia Chankilevich. About her impact, Virginia is CEO of Dopper. You may have seen their iconic, colorful water bottles. What you may not know about this Dutch B Corp is that their mission goes well beyond the bottles to reduce plastic pollution and to bring clean drinking water to people who need it. About her journey, so many parts of Virginia's journey are fascinating and two really stand out. The first one is the non-linear but quite intuitive way in how she got to where she is now, where many years into her career, she came back to her childhood passion. And the second thing that stands out is really the challenge the Dopper has taken on of creating behavior change to plastic pollution. It seems almost bizarre for a small company like Dopper to be doing so much. And yet all those pieces fit together to create what they call the Dopper wave. So please enjoy this conversation with Virginia Chankilevich. I'd love to start a bit about your path. I saw that you started as a journalist and then you had a lot of marketing roles and now you're in this role of CEO of Dopper. And I'm wondering, what's the uniting theme? What's been a motivation that's taken you from one step to the next? That's a, a very big question because I am coming from Argentina. And when I was 13, I worry a lot about people in the south of Argentina with no access to education and food and water. And I was very young, but I was already with my hippie mindset. And how did like, you even uh, get that mindset? Yeah, I think reading, I was very interested in, in what, what was happening. And I think at home, we spoke about everything. And I think we uh, were not part of that world. So we had the basic things we need, but I worry about it. And I want to do something for somebody else. Uh, but I want to bring stuff or send stuff. I want to go there and I want to see it with my own eyes what's the topic. So I wrote myself to be part of a group. And then we went there. So the whole year we collect uh, clothes and books. And then we went to the south of Argentina and we was one place where we went 33 hours in the train. I was so young. My parents were like, oh my God, what is she doing now? But okay, we were a group of 12, 14 uh, kids uh, with the same ideas. And then we came back and then we did this for four years. And the last year I made a documentary of the stories and then I had to make a choice what to study. And then I said, okay, I will be a journalist because then I can tell the stories that nobody knows what's happening. I want to bring the stories to life. And so other people know there is another reality and then we will all be more solidary. So I studied to be a journalist. I work as a journalist. And uh, after five years, I came to the Netherlands with a backpack and I fall in love. So like the love story, I live here for 20 years already. And when I came to the Netherlands, I started uh, learning the language. But then I discovered you can never be a journalist in another language because you have to write really 
thing. And then I uh, got really beautiful career in the Netherlands uh, from roles uh, in PR uh, to marketing director. And then at the end, I was a commercial director of a brand in consumer electronics. And I really had a lot of pleasure in uh, doing. And then I was in Bulgaria for a meeting and I was in a hotel by myself. And my kids were in the Netherlands and my husband and I made a lot of flights at that moment to visit customers. And it was going really good with that brand. Uh, so a lot of success. Beautiful. But then I was in that room by myself. And then I thought, what I'm doing? Why I'm doing this? And what is the meaning of what I'm doing? And I had all these questions in my mind. And then all the images of those projects from when I was 13 came to my mind. Like, what if I will use all this knowledge that I made the last years in doing what moves me, what drives me, and something that can change the world? I came back and then I decided to do something about it. And what did you do? What was the next step? And the next step was, was really nice because I love scuba diving and I love water. And those projects in Argentina were related to water because people didn't have access and they walk a lot for water. So I said, okay, something with water, something that is essential for life. And I think I bought one of the first doppers. So I was like, oh, doper, doper, doper. And then I uh, sent a letter to doper for a totally another job. And they invite me. It was so funny because the HR manager from that moment said, what are you doing here? And I said, I just want to work for doper. And then she said, but we don't have now a job suitable for your background, but okay, we will keep in touch. And Two weeks later or something, they called me and the previous managing director was leaving and uh, there was this spot. So things were like meant to be for me. Wow. That's actually kind of amazing because what you did is you merged these two parts of you, your adult career, the journalism, the storytelling, the marketing and the commercial side. And you knew you had those skills to bring, but you didn't actually have a job description, necessarily a role in mind. And then your childhood self that was so passionate about going to remote parts of Argentina and providing water and supplies to people. It was interesting that you had this vision that you didn't precisely know what it would look like, but you just kind of put it out there and you saw this company that was doing something related to it and just got in touch. That's kind of amazing. But it took me, I worked, uh, I think, more than 17 years in other things. You, you have to go through all this process to know. And now you found it. And I have a sense that all those 17 years that you did before were important. I think it was not a good idea to miss that part. I think if I didn't do what I did, I could never be here. I did not have this vision, the knowledge, what I bring to this new role, all these experiences, these trips. And sometimes you need to know what you don't want to know what you want. So learning by doing, oh no, I'm very happy I went through all this. I always talk very proud about my past. And I think if I would redo it, I would do exactly the same. Wow. And and let's talk a bit about Dopper because a lot of people might recognize the bottles. And what I think a lot of people might not know is the mission behind Dopper. It's not just a nice, cute, functional bottle, but that there's a whole mission that actually is all about reducing plastic pollution and doing that through behavior change. So 
changing people's ideas of not choosing the single-use plastic. And I'm curious, first of all, to understand that mission a bit better. I mean, I know you came in just three years ago and the company already existed, but was that relatively a natural thing for you to plug into and be a part of when you joined? Yes, yes, yes. Dobra was born because of this mission. So it's so embedded in the company. Sometimes they ask people to me, how do you bring the mission to the employees? How do you make them engaged? I don't have to do anything. They are engaged with the mission and then they, they are so proud. It's not me bringing them. It's, I think it's different if you have a company and then you want to have a purpose in your company after, which I think is, is amazing anyway. But Adopter was the mission. The mission is to empower people to choose reusable over single use by bringing the best alternative. We have in our vision, uh, crystal clear waters, the ocean, the rivers. We also want to bring access to water where people need it the most. And we help people, for example, in Nepal with access to clean drinking water, uh, sanitation and hygiene uh, projects. So the combination of all these, those things, bringing access to water, uh, reducing plastic pollution, promoting tap water and behavioral change this is what the, what we do at Dopper. Yeah, and I'm so glad you brought that up because looking into what Dopper does, there's actually so much that Dopper, and it's a relatively small company, but there's a lot going on. Like you said, there's the second mission in addition to removing plastic. There's a second mission in providing access to clean water. There's the education piece. There's the awareness piece, right? So the wave makers, the activists that you engage, the pledge that you've just done, the product innovation also. So the fact that it's cradle to cradle certified now, which I didn't know. And that's kind of a really unique, very, very few products have a cradle to cradle certification. The fact that you have the net zero commitment with the B Corps, that it's one of the best places to work in the Netherlands. That's a lot of things going on. And I'm very curious as a small company, how do you manage that in terms of knowing what to focus on? And I wonder how much those things reinforce each other also. I think everything is interlinked because without awareness, you don't have change. So you need to first start talking about it in education. But if you talk, for example, about B Corp, we don't want to be one uh, company that make change. We want to be part of something big. Uh, we want to be a system changer. Uh, I'm doing this podcast also because we want to empower others to make a change. And you can do also the different way, the way you treat your people. So we have a place to work and it's totally related because I think the way you treat your people is the way you are as a company. So I think all the things we do are very interlinked. We have decided to have the best alternative for a PET bottle. The solution to the problem is the bottle. Then we want to bring the best and the most sustainable product to market. So that's why we have the cradle to cradle. So it sounds like playing Champions League in everything, but sometimes I'm really tiring with all those ambitions. But I think I better do not too much, but what we do, do really good. And I'm really curious to hear, you talked earlier that you don't want to be just one company, you want to be part of a movement and part of a system change that's happening. I've heard you talk about how one example of where system change has come about is how people learn to wear seatbelts. There was a time where we just got in the car and we didn't even think about it, whereas now it's automatic and everyone's doing it. And you're talking about something similar with not buying single-use plastic and, and taking your own bottle and drinking from the tap. And what I'm curious to hear is, for example, the seatbelts that also came with a law, 
right, with legislation. I know there's now some more laws coming around plastic-free, but I'm curious from you to see what forces you see, whether it's legal, whether it's social and societal, that's moving in the right direction. Well, it's a good discussion. When I started over and understood that from day number one, the decision was not to make the change through politics, but to do it one by one by individuals and organizations. Intrinsic motivation of people and organizations. And I think what happened with Corona is a very good example that people felt that together you can fight the virus. So by staying at home, solidarity for me was the change. And I think this is the same what we do with the Dover. We believe in education. That's why we create the wave. We want to make a very big wave. I am proud to see that those individuals and organizations don't need a law to make a change. They really want to be part of something big. And what signs do you see of progress in the right direction? And I'm curious how much of that you see in the Netherlands, which I already see as a relatively progressive country, but also outside the Netherlands. What do you observe that can make us hopeful that we're moving in the right direction? Yeah, I think we are moving in the right direction. You see a lot of uh, restaurants and bars offering uh, free tap water. You see water top points. I see a lot of people bringing their own bottles, but the sales of uh, mineral water bottles is also going up. So I see positive change. It could go a bit faster. We have a lot to do. Yeah, you're right. I think that's the feeling with a lot of people working on these uh, big challenges is change is happening, but we're constantly having this sensation. And the UN talks about it with the SDGs also. A lot of companies have the SDGs in their reports now, in their goals, but they've run the numbers and they're like, it's not enough. (laughs) We won't get there. And so I'm curious for you, what do you see, especially with what Dopper does in terms of clean water and reducing plastic, what would be the next step change that's required? Uh, It's a process and it goes one by one. Before Corona, we went in Nepal. One year ago, we visited projects where people didn't have access to water. This year, we went to projects where people already have access to water and they were having education about hygiene, sanitation. So I was thinking, oh, this is really beautiful. Of course, we are not there yet. But what you see is the progress is progress. And you're right. There is something about the fact that it is never finished. I'm curious also to tap into some of your background in marketing and journalism, thinking about the positioning of this, because I think the single-use plastic issue, it reminds me a lot of so many other issues where there's this challenge when you're campaigning against something as opposed to campaigning for something. And we see it now, for example, with COVID-19, right? It's like we need to get rid of disease right now with also with racism. We need to get rid of racism and discrimination with the climate crisis. We need to fight climate change. And it's this kind of anti-positioning. Research also shows that can be exhausting. And people often also need the opposite version of that. So the pro of like, what are we creating as opposed to what are we eliminating? And with Dopper, what I really liked is you talked about the clean and clear waters everywhere. And I'm curious, do you ever see that dynamic playing out and how you think about it? We chose for a positive uh, approach. But for example, we a couple of years ago, we created a campaign that was drink tap water. 
to promote drinking tap water, but then some people are asking, what, why do I have to drink tap water? They don't get the link. So sometimes you have to tell the problem. So stop plastic pollution. So sometimes you are forced to tell the story, which is not nice to see for people to realize how big is the problem that you are facing. For Doper, it's like we are fighting the mineral water bottle, actually, but we have a solution for it. So we have a very positive communication and approach. Yeah, it's interesting because even the shaming part of this can be powerful with travel. Now there's flight shaming, a new word that entered our vocabulary. And I imagine the plastic water bottle shaming, I do that to my friends sometimes, whether it's effective or not, that might have a role to play. Yeah, I have some friends, come on, I told you 100 million times the doper story on every birthday. <laughs> then I sit in their cars and then there are mineral water bottles and I think, oh my God, you don't understand. But they do understand. It's so easy to grab or to buy a mineral water bottle. So it's really a change that you have to make and a decision that you have to make. I don't do this. That's why we have the pledge. So it enables people to make a commitment with themselves. It's not with us. It's with the planet and it's with themselves. Oh, that's really powerful, actually. There's something about making the pledge and saying that you will align your actions to your beliefs. And then the other part you really touched on there is why do people buy those plastic water bottles often is ease and convenience. That feels like one of the systemic things to work on and solve. That's true. There are not many places with access to drink water. So that's part of the movement and of the wave to discuss with our partners, okay, how are you facilitating the access to water? Because people don't want to tap in toilets eh? and now with Corona even less. Now it's very important that you have access everywhere. Yeah, exactly. And so that's why the second part of the DOPR mission makes a lot of sense, the access to clean water, right? Because it's one thing to have your nice bottle, but if you have nowhere to fill it. Exactly. Thinking about how big of a challenge that is, creating access to clean drinking water, it makes sense that you cannot do this alone. No, no, no we cannot. And sometimes it makes you feel small. The problem is so big and such a worldwide problem. But if we don't do anything, then nothing is going to happen. So we work every day to make the movement bigger, to make more awareness, to make more change, behavioral change regarding single use plastic. And so what's the next challenge for you yourself in your own role or for the company? I think the challenge is to make a change in behavior. We try a lot, we do a lot. I would love to make a bigger change, to, to tell people the, the right thing, to understand, um, to crack it. Yeah, I mean, selling products, when my previous jobs, now I, I look back and I think I was not so difficult. You just have to like it. But behavioral change is totally different thing. I ask you to change something that you always do and you always did this way. So I don't think it's an easy job, what we have. And I see the challenge still. Uh, we are not there yet. For sure, we are not there yet. So there is a lot to do. Yeah. And because the behavior change is a huge... So I'm curious if you have anything you've seen lately that gives you hope. Yes, the trip to Nepal and the upper wave to engage with us, with companies and individuals saying no to single-use plastic and sign the pledge. I was so happy to see all these big companies saying, yes, we don't drink anymore. 
uh, water from uh, mineral water bottles and we will remove them from our office and I will remove them from a house. To see all these commitments with big organizations and also individuals, it makes me really happy that they really want to be part of our movement. So I think we are in the right direction. Yeah, thinking of behavior change, just the last three, four months have shown that we are all very capable of quite drastic behavior change. And this is what I was telling you about solidarity at the beginning. Like this was my positive thought. Everyone knows the power of people. So what we all can do when we want to change something and we can do it. I hope the same thing can happen with plastic, with water bottles, with so many other issues. So happy to talk to you because of all the changes we need to make, this almost feels like one of the most obvious and easiest. For those of us living in developed countries with access to tap water, I want to thank you for telling your story. Thank you for a good question and a good conversation. A big thanks to Virginia. You can follow her work at dopper.com and in the links in the show notes. This is Impact Journey. See you next time.